Hey, Sticks and Stones fans, welcome to episode 11. This episode is brought to you by Shanty Bounce. It is your go-to for performance and recovery nutrition. These protein bars deliver 17 grams of clean plant protein, balanced macronutrients, and gut health prebiotics. Perfect for pre- and post-workout, all bars are organic, gluten-free, and vegan. Made with immunity-boosting superfoods and no refined sugars or fake flavorings. Maximize your performance and recovery faster with Shanty Bounce. Click the link in our bio to order yours today and make sure to use the promo code STONES20 for 20% off your order. Doesn't get better than that. Gino, how was your weekend? Let's get to it. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, was supposed to play a game in Palm Beach, but got canceled due to weather. Um, so that kind of stunk. But then, you know, typical Saturday, watching college across. Um, a lot of weird, weird games that we'll touch in. Um later in the episode but you know another weekend another time you're looking at all the scores and just scratching your head and you're watching lacrosse it just doesn't make sense um but it was good then you know the the classic Tampa night same thing same same result um been doing that for four years now and it's the exact same every time um but what about you yeah it was good I mean I um I also I had Supposed to have coaching on Saturday, but canceled due to some crazy storms rolling through Florida, like it always does. Um, so that was that was unfortunate. But again, I got to kind of sit on the couch and be a bit of a bum and get to watch more games than I usually do, which is good. Um, but yeah, overall, it's good. Ended up having um, some people over to have some drinks Saturday night, but Gino was too busy in the Tampa brainwash, so he was he was headed back out to the big city. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good night. We uh, we had. Had a few too many, but at the end of the night, it's always it's always fun. You guys were doing like VR golf, I heard, right? Yeah, we we started we started betting on, and we were playing like we golf and fucking um, VR golf, and that that shit's crazy. That Oculus thing is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I I never I never really thought that it would be like that good. I've never tried it. Never really had interest in it. Um, but uh, honestly, I'm I'm very impressed with the realistic. Um, ability of that thing and I, th- I think I'm better at VR golf than I'm at real golf which isn't hard but um, I think I think I could actually make a run at something on that thing Shan for the 2024 VR Masters um, no that thing is sick I have yet to try it but I've seen people like do it and everyone's reaction is always the same and it's just like if they get a lacrosse game if they get a lacrosse game on that thing i will buy it and i'll bring it to tournaments i'll let kids use it yeah that would be sick. I, I, like that would be so sick so oculus get on that it's just a you just have your phone connected in there right like you just put your phone yeah you have like your phone or you can connect it if you have like an apple tv you can connect it to your tv so then um when people are playing you can see what they're doing um so it's pretty cool i mean we were just using like landon's phone but um you can even connect it to an ipad for a bigger screen or like a mac probably um but yeah very very cool very very interesting um but you know kind of dive into last week games you know we started off with ah, just another crazy game I'm going to start with the game that I personally was able to watch um from the beginning to end um and that was Notre Dame Syracuse I mean going into it I think we both said that this game was going to be close and we were just completely wrong. And I think everybody else on planet Earth was completely wrong if they had to guess the score. Um, it was just an absolute nightmare for Syracuse. I mean, 22 to 6. There was a, 
attackman or midi on Notre Dame who had seven goals. Um, you know, they had their third line attackman in for the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter. It was one of those type of games. Um, and it was just absolutely shocking. And then it makes you scratch your head. Notre Dame going into that game was like two and four, two and five or something like that. And Syracuse just beat Duke, like thought they were finding their groove. And then they go out and get pumped. Um, just goes to show you, it's not about record. It's just whoever shows up on, on that day and um, would hate to be a part of the selection crew this year because they have the hardest job on planet Earth. Yeah, the ACC is going to be, I mean, we've said it, but now we're, we're seeing it firsthand that it's just going to be a ridiculous next couple of weeks. And then again, that selection crew is going to have a very tough job if every team just keeps beating every team and people keep losing and people keep winning. Like no one's just running through the ACC. Um, like it's going to be a huge tiebreaker um, unless someone someone decides to go on a run here and just keep their win streak going and not taking an L. But I think it's just going to be like Notre Dame beats Syracuse. Syracuse is going to beat UNC and Duke's going to beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame's going to beat someone else. Like it's just going to be everyone winning and losing. It's just going to be a madhouse um, at the end of at the end of conference play. Um, but again, it wouldn't be college lacrosse if it wasn't like that. So it's it's exciting and it's it makes it a little more interesting for sure. Yep, absolutely. And then, you know, not a huge upset, but um, I mean, Ohio State was obviously favored, but they won by by nine over Penn State. Penn State really struggling this year. I haven't really seen them consistently put together wins. So um, curious to see how they finish out here. But Ohio State's sneaky. Um, I mean, we watched them play live and Jack Myers is just disgusting. And I think they can make uh, they can make a little bit of a run come um the NCAA tournament. Uh, and then another game that I kind of was like, all right, Yale's coming back. Yale beat Penn 12-11 in OT. I mean, Penn was somebody that I had been very fond of. I, I think that they're a phenomenal team. And, and Yale kind of stringing together um, a couple wins. And, uh, you know, the Ivies, going to be scary. I mean, they haven't played um, – you know, full season since 2019. Um, those sophomores that are, you know, balling out for them, this is their first year of college lacrosse. I'm curious to see how, um, you know, come NCAA tournament time, this is their first experience. You don't have any veterans to kind of lead the way, um, as well as, you know, from a sheer strain on the body. They haven't played a competitive college season yet. Um, we'll see how their bodies are able to hold up. That's half the battle when it comes to, you know, that late, that late stretch game of games. Um, but I, as of right now, uh, they're playing phenomenal across and I hope they, uh, they break through. Yeah, I'm, I'm high on the Ivies for sure. I think that again, my only worry is very similar to yours is that they just won't be able to kind of battle through like the longevity of what an NCAA tournament is um, like just starting off with how tough their conference is right now. Like the next like three weeks are going to be a battle in their conference. Yeah. So they're going to be taking a beating. Like every game is going to be a one, two goal game. Um, and they're going to be rolling deep with their guys. Um, so I, I, I think that is going to be their true test is if they can kind of be mentally tough and actually have the endurance to finish all the way through. Um, but other than that, 
very impressed with everything in the Ivies, but even with Yale over Penn, um, we were leaning Penn's way for sure. And we've been on Penn for a while. So um, very, very good win for Yale. I'm excited to watch the rest of the Ivy season pan out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Dartmouth, sneaky. They only lost to Cornell by one. They have kind of have a, a lot of one-goal losses on their resume. Um, and I, I think that Dartmouth has, you know, previously kind of struggled and usually a game against Cornell would have been, you know, five, six, seven or more goal margin. Um, but they're they're coming up. They're an up-and-coming program. They've been around for a while, but they just kind of struggled. And I know they have some kind of weird um, rule that, like, juniors have to miss their entire fall ball for, like, a mission trip or uh, study abroad or something like that. So they, they miss out on that, and it's hard for recruits to – um, you know, want to miss out on, you know, their junior year. It's an important year. Like a lot of guys are stepping into like leadership roles or, or finally playing. Um, so I, I think Dartmouth can eventually become a good program, but I'm excited for them with, with, you know, only lo- losing, but only losing by one to a program as solid as Cornell. Um, and then one that I'm going to mention, not a crazy, two crazy teams, but VMI beating Mercer 13 to 10. And I saw a stat that this is, VMI's first home win since 2019. Wow. I mean, yeah, we, <laughs> that's, uh, that's something. I mean, obviously VMI doesn't have a rich history of winning games and beating programs, but that, that one stings. Um, if you're Mercer, um, rolling into the SOCON, like the, these other SOCON teams are rolling right now. Yeah. Um, so it, it, that, that, that one is not going to be good for them in the coming weeks, but hopefully, hopefully maybe that lights a fire under their ass and kind of fires them up going into these huge SoCon games. Yeah. Legit. Um, Maryland being Maryland beating Michigan 12 to or 20 to 12. Um, no surprise there, um, by any means. And then another game that I, I'm kind of like, all right, both these teams are kind of real deal. Jacksonville, high point. Jacksonville coming out on top, 14-13. But um, we kind of knew that was going to be a barn burner. And um, I really want to see one of those two teams. And, and I'll dive into it next. I, I mean, Richmond, one of those three so, SoCon schools, um, finally make that run. Whether it's – I think they can easily beat a first-round team. You know, I, I, I know that there's only one bid from that, that conference. And – to get an at-large bid is going to be more difficult for um, a SoCon school than an ACC school. So um, I know there's going to be at least one of those schools in, in the um, NCAA tournament and would love to see, um, you know, somebody make a run. And then kind of to segue into the biggest upset of the weekend, in my opinion, is, you know, Richmond beating UVA 17-13. Um, to 13. Um, And in my opinion, going into that game, I mean – undisputed Virginia was the number two team in the country um, and no one's really tested them yet. And then you go out and lose by four to a very solid Richmond team uh, and just really makes you scratch your head on, on you know, the rankings and, um, you know, just goes to show you, like I said earlier, anybody can lose on any given day. Uh, but what's your take on that, Shan? Yeah, it's, it's awesome to see these SoCon teams kind of, making that jump, like we've said all year. Um, but yeah, Richmond coming over top of UVA is, 
phenomenal for them. And it's, it's, it's good for lacrosse in general. I mean, yep. UVA's kind of been, obviously they went back to back. Like they've been like that high level team. If you can come out with a win over them um, late in the season, that's just going to make them roll into their conference play um, and just keep their confidence high. Even if they end up catching a loss, maybe here to Jacksonville or to high point, like their confidence is still going to be through the roof and they're still going to be able to roll into the next game, into the next game. Um, and hopefully into the NCAA tournament. Um, but Virginia, I mean, I, I think they got some some soul searching to do. Um, they got a huge couple of weeks coming up here, so they really need to dive in and um, be ready to go. Because, I mean, no matter what, like unless, unless they lose the rest of the season, um, they're going to end up getting into the tournament. Yeah. Um, and then that's, that's when they thrive. Um, once they make it in there, they're going to flip that switch. And I think they're going to still be able to roll into Final Four unless someone upsets them. No, I agree. And I, I'm reading an article right now about um, the, the upset and the coach um, at Richmond. I mean, they're a relatively newer program. I'd be speaking um, out of my butt if I said how many years, but I don't think they're older than 10 years old. Um, and he said, I remember thinking to myself, um, we're going to learn a lot about the guys we have in the locker room. Their first ever game, they played Virginia. So they were ranked 67 out of 67 teams in the country. Um, and they ended up losing by one. And the coach was like, are my guys going to be standing on chairs dancing around? Like, what's it going to look like? We just lost a number, um, you know, a perennial power in Virginia. And it was our first year, first ever game. And it was by one. He's like, oh, the guys were crushed. And immediately at that moment, I said, all right, we got the right guys. We just got to keep working. It's kind of kind of cool to see that come full circle and now finally get that dub over you know, in-state rival and, and, you know, a perennial power in college cross and a storied program. And, and you get, um, you finally get that dub off their, off their backs. No, that's very cool. Uh, that's a very cool article for sure. Um, and also to throw um, a little bit of sprinkle of some D3 action, um, huge, huge, huge upset. Um, RPI beating RIT 13-12. Yeah, absolutely mind blown. Um, that is like not heard of, um, but RPI, I, I, I haven't looked at who they played, but they're, they're nine and one on the year right now. So they, maybe they somehow got some guys and they're firing. I, I don't know, but, um, that is tough for RIT. I mean, I think they're, I think RIT was kind of a little bit on their high horse. I mean, obviously winning last year, um, and then having a good year so far, um, being nine and oh until this game. Um, I, th I think, I think that's good for them. Everyone needs a bit of humbling. Um, and that hopefully just pisses them off and they just play pissed off the rest of the year and roll into their NCAA tournament because D3 is kind of, it's just kind of out there. I mean, people, anyone can kind of just show up and play and beat. And then there's like usually those three, four powerhouses that kind of take control, but this is, this is great for the game um, for like a, a lower level team to come out and, have a win against a, a huge program like RIT, but I hope RIT can figure it out. Um, Cause I, I picked them to go back to back and I, I think um, I'd be stupid not to still think that they got it. Absolutely. And then, you know, kind of to look forward to this week's um, games. Again, we're, we're in the midst of conference play. Um, and I mean, this is not a conference game on Friday night, but um Albany Cuse play each other Thursday or Thursday night. I'm sorry. Um, 
Albany Q's kind of an upstate battle. Um, Albany struggling this year. Um, and Q's also trying to find their way. So I think that's going to be a better game than it should be this year. Um, so curious if Q's kind of rebounds after that Notre Dame loss to, uh, you know, kind of get some, some gas in their tires and, and really pump uh, Albany here. But curious to see how that one ends up. And then kind of to fast forward to Saturday, you know, Jacksonville, Richmond, that's going to be a barn burner. I bet it's going to be another one goal game in either direction. Couldn't tell you who's going to come out on top on that one, um, but definitely one to circle on your calendar. Um, I think Hopkins, Ohio State, it's going to be a heavy Ohio State um, game. I don't think really is going to be able to. What what ended up what ended up that game that we argued on last week? What ended up happening with that score? With what game? Uh, which game were we arguing about? It was Hopkins and um, Hopkins and Rutgers. Rutgers. What was the score? Twelve seven. Okay. Five margin. I think I did. I say six and a half. I think so. So fair, I'll give it to you. That's close. Um, but yeah, kind of to piggyback off that, Ohio State uh, Hopkins. Um, I think it's going to be maybe four or five goal game, kind of similar to the Rutgers game. I think, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a Hopkins guy this year. I, I can see that. I mean, I, I get it. I, I get why you're, you're not alone in thinking that a lot of people think that. And like, sometimes I also think that, um, but I, I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, it's still Hopkins and they still, I, I don't know. They still have the potential and they have absolutely enough, enough players that can do it. They have uh, some name, some big name guys that can do it. It's just, they just got to put the pieces together. I think. No, I agree. I, I just um, I'm not sold on them 100% yet. Um, doesn't mean I can't change my opinion. Come an NCAA run if somehow they squeak. <laughs> um, <laughs> but ACC play, um, Duke Notre Dame. I have I'm not even gonna take a guess. I have no idea who's gonna win. Um, I think it'll be a battle of the offenses. I mean, Brendan O'Neill put up seven. Um, last weekend against North Carolina and, and Duke's eventual win there, but um, I'm going Duke by two. Duke by two. Duke by two. I don't hate. I don't hate. I don't have a take because I genuinely have no idea. Um, I couldn't give an honest score because I think it's just going to be a crapshoot. Whoever shows up, um, but I think it's going to be not as close as most people are expecting. I don't think it's going to be. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you on the spread, not like, I think it'll be in either direction, a higher margin of victory. Um, Fair enough. I I don't, I don't disagree with that. I I do think that there could be a little bit of like a spread in the score um, leaning either way. Um, But I'm, I'm, I feel like I got it. I got to stay with Duke. I've been hyping them up and I I rolled with them as my number one this year. So I I can't bail on them yet. I got to stay true to, true to who I am. So I'll, I'll go Duke and I, you know, I might even stretch that. I might say, I might say Duke by four. All right. Fair. Fair, fair enough. Um, and then another ACC play game in UVA, UNC, both teams coming off of losses. Um, UNC kind of on the struggle bus as you know, a lot of teams are um, 
seven and three, the record doesn't really show it, but they don't have any like crazy big wins over, um, you know, any blue bloods. I, I mean, I guess now looking back at their schedule, I'm kind of speaking out my butt there by saying that because they beat Richmond and Richmond beat UVA. So, so who knows, and, you know, any given day, anybody can win. So on this game, I'm, I'm thinking UNC kind of weird take. I, I, I don't know. I think they're going to f- somehow find their stride and Virginia's just going to crumble come ACC. You think Virginia's just going to fold up and call it a year after that loss? I think is that your is that what you're saying right now? No, I think I think they still I think they still make the NCAA tournament. However, I think that they're going to squeak by because they're going to go through the gauntlet of the ACC and not get as many wins as expected. Um, and then they're going to somehow find their way to championship weekend as they always do. But I'm going to go UNC on this game. I'm, I'm going UVA by three. Yeah. I think, I think over, like on paper, they are the better team um, and they've had some better wins this year. And I think them coming off that loss is kind of going to flip the switch for them. Um, obviously, like their only other loss was to Maryland, I believe, um, which obviously is who are killing it right now. So that's not the worst thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that one stung a little bit more to them and it's going to make them realize that we need to wake up. Like it's time for ACC. It's time to like, this is where the train needs to start rolling and we need to keep the train moving steadily into the NCAA tournament. They can't keep going down because then they're going to be two down in the dumps when the NCAA tournament starts. And that's how you get upset. Um, so I, I, I think they roll over UNC by three. Fair, fair enough. Um, and then, my final game that I have circled on the calendar, Maryland Rutgers. I think Maryland undisputed number one team in the country. No one's really been able to um, really test them at all. And Rutgers been a team that's absolutely rolling. Um, they did phenomenal in the transfer portal. Um, they're a very solid team, and I think they're going to have a very good tournament run. Um, even if they don't win the Big Ten tournament, I think they're going to get in um, without an automatic bid. So – I think this game, I, I think Maryland's going to win, but I think it's going to be a one-goal game. I think it's going to be – A one-goal game? Yes. I think it's going to be a much better game than um, – I don't. I wouldn't say as expected because I think the entire country would um, not argue with Rutgers being a very solid team. Uh, but, uh, yes, I think that um, – I think it's going to be a one-goal game. Yeah, Maryland. Fair enough. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think – I, I agree. Rutgers has been firing and they're continuing to fire. But at the same time, I think Maryland is just like, they're in their own category. Like yeah. I, I, I do think that there is possibility for um, Rutgers to kind of play like a grimier style game and kind of make Maryland uncomfortable and put them in situations that they don't like. Um, but at the end of the day, like if Maryland has the ball on offense, like if they have a say like a 60% um, possession like rate they are going to score like every time like their offense literally cannot be stopped yeah like I, I I don't care what anyone says or who you put in front of them defensively um like I I just I mean I know um Kirsch is going to make saves but at the end of the day that offense has too much firepower for for me to go against them I'm saying 
Maryland by five. Fair, Fair enough. I, I don't hate that take. I mean, it's really hard to ever argue against um, Maryland in any year, let alone this year where um, they've just absolutely rolled everybody. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, when push comes to shove, Oregon Memorial Day weekend, I think this that that Maryland team has a chance to to go down in history as one of the one of the best ever's if um, they kind of continue on this trajectory. Um, you know, and I think the best example of just how talented and deep they are is Bubba Fairman. We've talked about it on a bunch. Just a, a starting O mid, finally getting or not finally getting switched to D mid after four years of being you know an All American first line midfielder for them. Um, and I think that just speaks volumes of just how deep this team is. Yeah, for sure. No, there's, there's, there's no stopping them in my opinion at, at all. Um, but on that note, I mean, another great week coming up um, and another great episode um, and another great interview. Uh, we got Troy Ray coming up for you guys. Um, Albany legend and now chaos PLL champion. Um, so it was a great interview talking with him and learning a little bit about his, career and his story about how he got into lacrosse with his brother um but yeah it looked stay tuned with sticks and stones i mean we got it we got a crazy like three weeks coming up here um you guys aren't going to want to miss our next our next three after we roll with troy ray here it's it's going to be it's going to be fun um i you guys aren't going to want to miss our next three so stay tuned um and i hope you enjoy this week's interview with troy ray this interview is brought to you by quench gum the new and improved Quench Electrolyte Sports Gum is packed with electrolytes and bursting with flavor. It acts fast to quench your thirst and help with dry mouth. Quench gives you the edge to reach your next peak. Click the link in our bio and use promo code STONES20 for 20% off your order. All right, Sticks and Stones fans, today's guest is from Rocky Point, New York. He played his college years at the University of Albany, where he was a standout long stick midfielder. He was a three-time member of the America East All-Conference team, was an honorable mention All-American in 2017, and a third-team All-American in 2018. Right out of college, he was drafted 27th overall by the New York Lizards in the MLL College Draft. In 2019, he made the switch to the PLL, where he was picked up by the Chaos, which turned out to be awesome, as he is now a PLL champion. Please welcome Troy Ray. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. What's going on? I appreciate you guys having me. No, for sure. Um, if you want to kind of just get the ball rolling, kind of talk to us about how you got introduced in lacrosse back in your days in Rocky Point and kind of take us to where you are now in your career. No, definitely. So um, growing up, I played every sport um, actually besides lacrosse. I started playing lacrosse um, last. Um, so I started playing in fifth grade. Um, I have a twin brother as well. So me and him both started playing then. Uh, my dad was a big time lacrosse player. Um, out of Rocky Point, I played at Adelphi when they were D1 back in the day, um, beat Syracuse and the Gate Brothers and stuff like that. Um, so he just he just really never wanted to force us into playing. Um, he kind of wanted us to just kind of find the love for it that he had. Um, and then obviously started playing in fifth grade and, and kind of fell in love with it there. Um, played travel, obviously middle school, high school, and then committed to Albany um, my junior year with my brother. Um, then played four years there. Um, went to a Final Four my senior year, first time in school history, which was pretty cool. Um, then was fortunate enough to get drafted to play for the for the Wizards, you know, a hometown team on Long Island, obviously going to a bunch of their games, something I always dreamed of, um, especially playing at the professional level. Um, and then Paul and Mike, great bull star of the PLL. So um, got offered to play in that and 
just couldn't kind of couldn't turn that uh, offer up and uh, decided to join join the PLL. Got picked up by the Chaos, um, and then obviously won this past year, which was obviously awesome. Um, and then actually just signed a new two-year contract with them um, last week. So excited to kind of be back with them. That's awesome. I mean, you kind of touched on it there with with Albany. Um, just walk us through like why you chose Albany. Obviously, Coach Mar is you know a legendary coach. Um, and what your recruiting process was like, especially having a, a twin brother kind of going along with it at the same time as you. Yeah, no, for sure. My recruiting process um, was actually kind of tough. I didn't, me and my brother didn't get recruited um, that heavily out of high school. Um, he's definitely got recruited a little bit more than I did um, just because he was, mature, he was matured. He was taller than me, um, had, had a ton of points on, on Long Island. Um, I kind of matured late. I was probably five foot six, five foot seven, 150 um, in like 10th grade, um, and then grew a little bit, five foot seven, eight um, junior year. And then even committed, when I committed to Albany, um, in my first year there as a freshman, I was probably five, nine, like 165. Um, so kind of always a little bit under the radar in terms of height and size and stuff like that. Um, but it was really um, between them and Sacred Heart when it came down to it um, in, in terms of committing uh, and my brother and I obviously wanted to stay together and play together. Um, so that was a big thing for us. Um, so might've took a hit for him, but obviously it worked out, um, in the long run committing there. Um, but once we got on campus, it was, it felt like a family coach more, obviously, um, a player's coach, um, welcome, welcome myself, my brother and my, and our family with open arms. Um, just an awesome guy, great coach. Um, so it was definitely, um, a no brainer in terms of the decision there. Um, and, and like I said, obviously it worked out, um, very successful career there. Um, went to the NCAA tournament all four years, um, lost in the semi in the quarterfinals two years. And then obviously my senior year made it to the, to the final four, which was, um, another, just an amazing moment, um, going to them all growing up, uh, and wishing playing in one of them. Um, and then finally having the chance to play in it was, um, a surreal moment for sure. Yeah, it was actually um, crazy like full circle but I was actually at the game um, that you guys lost in the final four because we were playing the next day um, in the D2 championship um, so it was yeah. awesome to see you guys there and like what a run you guys made um, like with that group I mean you guys had between you and your brother and then you got Connor you got Tohoka like it was just yeah. what a phenomenal group that was and like you mentioned too with coach Mark um, I played with um, his son Kyle um, at the hill so that that family is just phenomenal and they're just lacrosse rats like they just love the sport and just all around great people um no for sure yeah, for sure definitely a tough game to uh, be a part of obviously getting um our butts handed to us by yeah who ended up winning but like i said just a surreal moment um playing in july in front of obviously friends and family um and then just like the albany uh, alum and stuff like that um something obviously every college player or high school kid grows up at that plays at that level um dreams to play in so um, no matter we got killed, but it was just still, um, definitely an awesome moment just being able to get there. For sure. I mean, while we're still on like the Albany topic, um, talk to us a bit about kind of just the deep tradition at Albany in regards to kind of like the Thompson brothers and kind of how they kind of made that program kind of switch. I mean, obviously Albany always had good lacrosse players and they always had a good program, but kind of after they kind of rolled through things kind of just changed and the culture, um, of that program just kind of made a big jump and now continuing to be a powerhouse. No, for sure. I mean, honestly, I didn't even know um, about Albany just growing up. Um, and one of my uh, club coaches, my dad was my coach. 
Um, and this guy named Luke DeQuino is the first all first all American at Albany. Um, a Sachem guy. He's he's a coach at Mount Sinai now, where my dad works. Um, went there, so kind of he told us about it. Um, and then one of my good friends growing up, Zach Wolf, uh, who I played football with and lacrosse my whole life. Um, we were in driver's ed together, uh, and and he went up to a prospect at Albany and committed there. Um, and was trying to get my brother and I just to to check out the campus and commit there. And, and when he first told me, I was like, what we, we were just both like, what is Albany? Um, like, we don't even know what, what that school is. Um, and then just obviously looking into them and learning about them and Mile and Miles and Ty. Um, and when they beat Syracuse that year um, in overtime and, and Q's definitely put uh, Albany on the map and, and same with all the, the rest of the alumni um, that laid the groundwork for that. Um, but I think it all credits back to coach Marr and just the way he coaches um, in terms of just being a player's coach and player driven, the culture that he brings, um, it being so loose and, and us playing with um, like a free flowing system and not afraid to make mistakes and having goalies, Blaze Reardon, uh, my freshman year running down against Cornell in the first round and scoring a goal, um, throwing a fake on arguably the best player to ever play the game and Mile Thompson um, and shooting in, sprinting back um, or long poles, being able to stay on offense and push transition, face off guys and stuff like that. Um, so just kind of having that free reign. Um, I think it all credits back to Coach Marr um, and, and, and the reason kind of why Albany's on the map and just the recruits he brought in in terms of Lyle and Ty and Miles um, and guys like Will Fuller and Garden City Kid um, and, and a bunch of other guys as well, um, PLZ, um, TD there and stuff like that. Um, just credit, all credit goes to Coach Marr. Yeah, speaking of him kind of letting you guys play, um, I didn't I didn't realize I knew you were kind of a little bit on the offensive side, but I didn't know 11 goals your senior year. That's ridiculous. That's more than Gino's got his whole career. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just the freedom that coach um, lets us play at. I mean, practice, um, polls, goalies, faceoff kids all had free reign um, and, and all the drills we did and just had that um, confidence in us to make those plays. Um, so when we got into games, we were able to to um, make those make those plays in those big moments. Um, but I mean, our practices were all up and down, um, deep holes playing offense and stuff like that in transition. So um, like I said, all credit to goes to Coach Marr. Um, something I always prided myself in as being a kind of a smaller guy, um, trying to stick out in, in front of recruits and um, and college coaches and stuff like that, which is having a good stick. Um, so something I, really, I worked really hard on. Um, and then obviously going to a system like Albany where Coach Marr lets you play um, with that free flowing and let's polls play on offense and push transition was um, just tailored to my game. So kind of another part of the reason why um, I chose there. And, and obviously, like I said, it, it worked out for the long run um, and, and don't re regret any decision um, in terms of committing there. So. Yeah, that, that's sure. awesome. Uh, it's so fun to watch, watch them play uh, kind of switch gears here. Now, you know, professional cross, you play for another uh, coach who's very animated players coach and Andy Towers. Uh, just talk us through what it's like playing for him uh, in, in a little two-parter, uh, just how you guys battled through adversity, losing the championship uh, in the bubble, uh, and then coming back this year and, and winning and coming out on top and, and just how he was able to lead you guys uh, to success. Yeah, I mean, he's very very similar to Coach Marr um, in terms of being a player's coach and players driven um, and the culture and free flow system that um, he lets us play at probably a little bit more um, vocal and energized than Coach Moore, um, but definitely um, same type of coach, someone that you want to run through a brick, brick wall for. Um, obviously, just you, you see his pregame speeches to us that, that gets us all pumped up. Um, I mean, he just he just smacks you and he, and he knocks the life out of you. Um, so guys try to run away from him. Um, but but like I said, just 
similar to Coach Mar, great guy, great coach, um, lets his players play. Um, and, and obviously we're all there for a reason. Um, and we played for a long time and, and got there for a reason as well. So not, not too much coaching involved. Um, definitely, obviously, as a head coach, he, he puts his input in there and, and obviously has his rules and schemes and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, lets us play um, and tailors his systems to um, the players that he has and their strengths and stuff like that. Um, so so no, no one else I would rather play for. Um, and then go to, go to your second question. Uh, yeah, I mean, the bubble season was tough. Um, it was definitely awesome to be able to play uh, just during COVID. So having that uh, that bubble that, that Mike and Paul and, and the rest of the PL staff put together for us was um, definitely amazing and something um, that hopefully never happens again in terms of, you know, just being in a bubble for four weeks or whatever it was, but no fans and stuff like that and COVID testing. Um, but definitely something cool just to be able to play um, during those hard times. And then, you know, losing to the Whip Snakes, uh, who's kind of been – um, the Kings of the league for the last three years um, in terms of getting the championship for the last three years, winning two of them um, and, and being up by, I don't remember the score. I try to forget it as much as possible. Like I think three or four um, in that fourth quarter with about six minutes left um, and ended up losing 12, six. I think it was like six, two or something like that. Um, and seeing that run they went on was, was definitely tough. Um, a tough pit to swallow um, and, a, and a bitter, bitter taste that was left in our mouths um, that whole off season and going into the, into the next season and then losing to them, you know, the first game of the year um, this past year and just the rough start that we, we let off on. Um, I think we're 0-3 or 0-4 to start. Um, so definitely not um, the way we wanted it written, um, but we all said, right, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Um, so kind of just, and it was different for us. We lost a couple of guys. Um, we had some guys that didn't play. Um, in the bubble. So just kind of getting acclimated to um, some new guys, rookies, some guys over from the MOL um, and stuff like that. It definitely took um, a little bit of, of time to kind of gel and, and find our groove. Um, but obviously once we found our groove, it was um, a pretty good recipe for us in terms of um, running a bunch of Canadians on offense who, who've all played box and having that system and kind of being unique in that sense uh, of not anyone else running that offense and that style. Um, so it was tough for defenses to guard and our defense is all intact and obviously having Blaze um, in the net, the MVP, the best player in the world um, in, in one of the most important positions, obviously, um, is, is always great. But um, I mean, we, we said it going through the playoffs and if we were to make the championship that the, the season wouldn't be solidified unless we beat um, the whips in the championship. So um, obviously a perfect ending to, to a great season, um, but just an awesome feeling, especially with those guys. Um, that we lost with in, in the bubble to, to now beat them um, this past year in the championship in front of fans and family and stuff like that. Um, it was just an amazing feeling, just obviously something that everyone at that level or, or any level that plays sports always wants to end up on top and, and win a championship. Um, and then to win it in a professional league um, obviously is another cherry on top. So uh, just a great feeling. Hopefully we can, uh, we can run it back here and go back to back like the Whips did. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why you guys can't with, like, the, the group you guys got and, like, kind of just yeah. seeing all the signings coming through the last couple of weeks. It's just you guys really do have that group. And Coach Towers, he's got his head on straight. He knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. Um, but kind of to go a little backwards here, um, back to kind of um, your start in the pro career in the MLL, um, obviously getting drafted to your hometown team, um, especially getting to play again with your brother. Um was it an easy decision um, or what went into the decision process to make the jump to the PLL? 
Um, was it always like once you heard about it, you were ready or you there was a lot of thought process in there? No, I mean, there was definitely a lot of thought process in there, um, especially just for me, obviously only playing one year um, in the MLL. And then now um, all of a sudden the new league started um, and just I guess just the fear of the unknown. Um, of both leagues, not knowing, you know, what the PLL was about. Obviously, you had Paul and Mike running it. Um, great minds. Um, Paul, one of the best players to ever play. Um, you, you knew he was going to put on a good show um, and make this thing great. Um, but at the same time, you're going against MLL, who's been around for um, so many years. So it was definitely a tough decision um, in, in, in terms of that. Uh, but it, it just came down to um, my end goal and, and the reason why I play um, is to play against the best and be the best. Um, so just when I got that offer, um, and I knew all the, all those guys were, were going over all, all, all team USA members and some of the best guys in MLL, um, I just knew I, I kind of had to, had to make that jump, just the competitive nature in me, um, and, and always wanted to strive to be great, um, and playing against the best, um, was, was kind of, you know, the main reason on why I, I went over and I, and I worked my ass off to kind of get there. Um, so almost betting on myself, um, in terms of, you know, knowing I can play with those guys. Um, and, and that competition and taking, you know, my game to that next level was um, important to me and kind of why I made that jump over. So um, that's kind of why, you know, I joined the PLL. For sure. Well, I mean, a couple, um, another kind of jumping everywhere here, but um, yep. um, a little scenario that we asked some of our guys, um, we got um, a couple of them for you here, but first one, um, what is your all-time stick setup, head, shaft, and mesh? Oof, that's tough. Um, so I'm an epic athlete, so I'm going to go with epic. Um, I've, I've actually started using um, the ID Vision this last year. Um, I mean, I think epic made it as like a beginner head um, for like for newcomers to the sport. Um, and, and I used a prequel uh, my first year and a half with epic. Um, and I decided to make the switch and, and I'm happy I made the switch over. Um, I love the ID Vision um it's, it's a great head durable um it's wide I always use an offensive head growing up just I was always offensive minded um so a little hesitation in in using it um but my brother strings all my sticks so he he's showing up a nice one for me um that, that I enjoyed and, and still use to this day obviously I have to string some more up for the season um but I'll go with that head and then the shaft obviously epic um just a dragonfly just the customization um and, and the freedom and, and that stuff um that they allow you to to get with the shafts um, is something sweet and you can express yourself in any way, whether the color, um, the writing on the shaft, the symbols, um, it's just a cool creative um, little niche that, that Epic has there um, that's different from everyone else. So, so definitely um, I would go with that setup. For sure. I know you didn't, you mentioned your brother strings or sticks, but any particular mesh in general that you was like your go-to back in the day or that you use now or. Um, I mean, in college, we use string king, um, all the time. So just kind of go back to that. Um, but whatever, whatever, really he, he strings, um, whatever it is, I'll, I'll find a way to like it. Um, but, but nothing too serious, like a mid pocket, um, obviously two shooters across cause we weren't able to use the U or anything like that in college. Um, and then I just got used to it. So I never really changed back. Um, but he knows, he knows the way I like it. So he, he usually strings up a, a pretty good stick um just gets pissed when they break a lot and has to restring them but um it is, it is what it is so yeah whatever keeps them busy um yeah but exactly. yeah, so the, the next scenario we got for you this is probably going to be a little bit of a tough one because you played with um some phenomenal guys but um 
what would be your all-time man down team? If you're in overtime, you have to get a stop. And you also have to be on the man up, and you had to play with every guy you pick, at least at some point. Man. That's a tough one. Um, I have to name a goalie, too. That's easy, but All right, I'll go with Blaze, obviously, in goal. Um, then we'll go with myself, and then it's – Ooh. I'm gonna go with Jack Rowlett. Um, who else? I'll go with. I'll just go with our chaos guys: Jack Rowlett, Johnny Serdic, Jared Newman, um, and then Marco Cini, um as as a short stick there. So uh, I'll, I'll go with the chaos unit um, and stand strong to them. Love yeah, that. <laughs> not a bad group at all. Not a bad group. Uh, and then another one we kind of ask, um, can go back to college pros, um, whatever, um, and get in as much detail as, um, you feel comfortable with, but best, best post game that you've been a part of, uh, you know, whether it's the best game you guys have played in, which led to, um, kind of the best celebration afterwards and, and just kind of walk us through that, that whole process there. Best post game. I mean, I guess I have to say chaos um, just after that um, this past year, obviously winning it, um, like I said, the way we did against the Whip Snakes um, with that group was awesome. Um, and then just having my, my family um, and some of my friends there as well, supporting, um, driving all the way down to D.C., I believe it was. Yeah, D.C. Um, and just celebrating with them after um, and just everything the PL did for us in terms of just the locker room. Um, having that trophy um, and then playing with those guys for the last three years um, and celebrating in the locker room with them was, was a pretty sweet moment um, and something I always remember. Um, and obviously the after party and stuff like that, like I said, the PLL put on for us um, and just continuing celebrating with them. Um, we actually broke the trophy, which I'm sure you guys are aware of um, in the locker room. I'm not going to name who broke it, um, but it definitely got shattered um, and glass everywhere and stuff like that. But, um, just, a, just a great little, great little memory, um, that I always remember. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely go with that. Um, and then college, man, um, maybe Syracuse, uh, my senior year when we beat them 15, three, I believe, um, in the, in the carrier dome, I think it was one of their worst losses. Um, just losing to those guys, um, all three years playing them and just obviously Syracuse, the program, um, how talented they are and just playing in the carrier dome was, was definitely a great experience um, and a fun bus ride home and then a fun, uh, fun night in downtown Albany after. So um, I would say those, those two were, were definitely the best. To tag on to the Albany story. Um, I have a, I have a question. Did, um, did Freebird end up playing that night? Freebird was definitely a lock to be playing on the bus in the locker room when we got back to the locker room at Albany and then, uh, down at the house um so it played at least seven or eight times yeah it was I definitely heard some crazy, a, it was, I heard it was some a crazy stuff happens yeah I, i've heard some crazy stuff favorite. happens when when freebird plays at the at the lacrosse house in albany yeah no no rules were uh were involved in that and when that song came on so <laughs> fair enough we don't have to get any farther than that um but um kind of talk us through i mean you're you also have a position um with the pll kind of doing um, as a training coordinator and kind of working with the PLL Academy. Um, talk to us what that's like and kind of 
working in kind of a different role, like taking a step back from playing and trying to give back to the great sport that we love um, and what kind of your role is there? No, for sure. It's definitely something I'm um, super passionate about. Um, I'm definitely passionate about obviously lacrosse, but um, giving back to the younger generation, um, all the experiences and, and life lessons it's taught me um, is just something um, that I'm grateful for. Um, and I'm grateful for the PLL being able to, to give me that opportunity and that platform um, to, you know, coach the next generation um, and do all these different types of events in terms of clinics, camps, um, overnight stuff, um, and just all the different the players tours that we do. And just speaking to um, some of these younger athletes and just the parents of the athletes when we do Q and A's and stuff like that, um, just sharing our experiences and, and how we got there um, and, and the why of, of why we play and why we do this stuff. Um, it's just great. And, and traveling um, as well, seeing all these different states and uh, communities of lacrosse and, and how much the sport's really growing um, and kind of being part of that, of helping the sport grow. Um, it's just a, an awesome moment. Um, and, and obviously at the end of the day, it's just seeing the smiles on some of these kids' faces um, when we do these events or they're, they're outside for an hour and a half just playing and shooting and stuff like that. Um, with their friends and the laughter um, is definitely a why on, on why I do it. Um, but like I said, it's just a, it's an unbelievable platform that um, the PLL put apart for us. Um, and I'm just happy to be um, a little, a little part of, of the sport growing um, and giving back to the younger generation there. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and kind of to wrap things up here, kind of tag on with um, that point, do you have any you know, future plans, whether it's Team USA or continuing to, to coach in, in, in that role with PLL as that continues to evolve, as well as, you know, future goals for yourself? What do you kind of see yourself in the next five years or so? Yeah, I'm actually coaching at uh, LIU um, oh, awesome. as a D coordinator with, with them. Um, I got the job in January, so just been obviously with them for, you know, the last couple of months here, obviously in the season. Um, so uh, staying within lacrosse and coaching um, and obviously giving back to not so so much of a younger generation, but um, kids that are four or five years younger than me um, or six now, whatever it is. Um, and obviously playing at that level um, and just seeing the dedication and just everything I went through and just being able to um, correlate with them um, and, and be on the same level as them in terms of mindset and stuff like that. Since, you know, I've only been four or five years out of it now um, is something awesome. Um, and then obviously team USA is, is always a goal of mine. Um, hope, hopefully get an invite. Um, I think the tryouts are this summer for, um, the next summer's team. So hopefully we'll be a part of that. Um, if I'm fortunate enough to, to get invited to, to the camp, um, and the tryout, but that, that would always be, um, a dream of mine to play for, um, USA and, and wear those colors and that Jersey, um, uh, for our country and stuff like that and, and play in the world games um is something that I've always dreamed of and and definitely a goal of mine that um I hope I can achieve for sure so yeah I mean well lastly I mean um obviously you mentioned um coaching college now and mentioned as well that you weren't crazy heavily recruited um coming out of high school what um what advice would you give to um kids right now going through the recruiting process and kind of working their way into trying to get find a home and get into the college lacrosse game? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest um, advice I could give is just don't rush the process. Um, enjoy it as, as stressful um, as it can be um, and, and as much anxiety as it can give you. Just enjoy the process. It goes by so fast. 
Um, and, and the four years that you play go by so fast, like a blink of an eye. Um, if people told me when I, when I was a freshman that, you know, you'll be a senior um, in, in a blink of an eye. And I was like, there's no way, like, this is going to go so slow. And, and you, know, you know, they were, they were completely correct there. So just enjoying the process. Um, don't rush in making a decision. Um, there's a home for everyone. Um, and just trying to find the right fit, whether it's lacrosse related, family related, close to home, not close to home. Um, academic related um, you want to find the right fit for you and there's there's tons of schools out there um, everyone will find their fit uh, but just don't ru don't rush the process um, to go where you're going to feel the most comfortable for the for the next four years of your life um, obviously you're there a lot and it's like a second home um, and and just picking Albany for me um, I, I love that place I call it my second home every time I, I go back there and unfortunately I have to play there um, for the last three years now and now this summer in training camp, um, the first week in the PLL. So it's just awesome to get back there. Um, and I don't regret any decision. I loved it there. Um, I love my four years there. My coaches, my teammates, the community was awesome. Um, so ju just finding um, the right fit for you that fits your style of play, your, your, what you want to study, um, your right fit um, socially, academically, athletically is, is super important. Um, you want to be, be somewhere that makes you happy and comfortable. Um, so just don't rush the process. Enjoy it um it's a blast it's why you do it um it's the journey that matters the most um and then everything outside of that um you build relationships and stuff like that and obviously the the accolades and and the friendships and stuff like that so just enjoy the process um don't rush anything um and just make the most out of it so for sure no i couldn't i couldn't have said it better myself um but so on that note i mean thank you so much um for giving some of your time and talking with us and giving us a little insight on your background and kind of your career so far. Um, looking forward to watching you guys this summer. I mean, I, I think that there's no reason why you guys shouldn't run it back. So room right. for you guys, um, definitely be tuning into all the games and hopefully maybe catch up with you um, at a game this summer. Best of luck. No, for sure. I greatly appreciate you guys having me on. So thank you. Take care. Yep. You guys too.